Before we begin, this week's recording is full of love and thankfulness. Therefore, I would like to dedicate this episode to one very special fluffy friend that we all lost last week. Dear Norton, I hope you had a safe travel over the Rainbow Bridge. You were the bestest friend one could wish for. I hope you have found another comfy Christmas box to take your naps in and have an endless supply of turnip treats until you're so full that you're ready for another nap. We miss you very much and love you even more. Welcome to PuffCast, the ultimate Hufflepuff podcast. This is episode 20 on November 25, 2020. And I am Melanie and very thankful that I am not alone. Yes, and I am Julie and I am also thankful that I am not alone. <laughs> Can you detect what theme we are going to have today? <laughs> it's going to be talking about pastries. No, just kidding. We're talking about giving thanks. I mean, we could talk about pastries. We might talk about pastries. You never know. Very true. We like to talk about food. Yes, food definitely tends to come up more often uh, <laughs> than we care to admit. So, yeah. So this week we're going to be talking about giving thanks. But first we have a little bit of news. So I just wanted to say thank you very much to everyone who got out there and first listened to our little message that we put out about voting. And second, who voted? So if you live under a rock, Joe Biden won the presidency for the United States. And that makes me and quite a lot of other people, I hope, very happy. So we just wanted to send a thank you out to everyone who went out and voted because your vote matters and we love you all. Uh, secondly, we have a new patron. Yay! And her name is Melanie, not this what? Melanie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's already confusing. Yes, it is very confusing. <laughs> but we have a lovely new patron named Melanie. She is our very own Huffle Nan, and she is our baby Yoda expert. And so we are very happy to have her, and we just want to say welcome, Melanie. We hope to see you around the tea room. Yes. And hopefully other people will be joining her in the tea room. You know, you can join too on Patreon. Head on over to Patreon. <laughs> Thirdly, uh, just some generally speaking fandom news. Most of you have probably heard that Johnny Depp is no longer being cast as Grindelwald, mostly due to a lot of allegations of abuse, along with some things that were posted in a news article, pretty much leading to the point where he's not in Fantastic Beasts movies anymore and he will be replaced by Mads Mikkelsen. Also, the movie has now officially been pushed to July 2022. I didn't know if you had any feelings about this, Mel, because I know both of us really love the Fantastic Beasts movie franchise. Yeah, that is a good question. How do we feel about this? Because first of all, I have the feeling that everyone was feeling a little bit like, eh, Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, really, and it, mm -hmm. no one really seemed to be too excited about it, but we got very quickly used to it, and he did actually do a very great job at it. 
whatever your feelings might be about that, but as at least in my circle <laughs> of friends, people seem to be quite happy about his performance mm-hmm. and his private matters are a whole different thing. I I don't know. How do we feel about that he's replaced? Um do you think that Mads Mikkelsen is going to make a good Grindelwald? Because I've only seen him in a few things and I don't really know him that well as an actor. But from what I've seen, he seems like someone who could play a pretty complex and like devious character. I have not seen too much of him either, just that he was in Doctor Strange. I basically have seen him only as Cassilius. And mm-hmm. I think I've not seen him in anything else. I think he was in Star Wars, honestly. Yeah, I am actually looking at his filmography. And it says he was in Rogue One. Okay. And quite a few other things, but I think I have not seen any of these. <gasps> Moomins and the Comet Chase? What is that? The Moomins? I don't even know what the... the, the... You don't know what the Moomins are? No, I have no idea what that is. Okay. <laughs> what is it? They're trolls. Oh, okay. They're from Finland and they are no. actually quite well known. I don't know if that is not at all a, a thing in, in America, but... Yeah, well. Okay, we, we could go through this whole list now and I would probably not know many of these films. But I have seen him in that and yeah, he did a, ge- he did a good job in that, I think. From the look of him, I think he would do well as Grindelwald. Yeah. Mm, I am just wondering how... Are they going to address this at all that the face has obviously changed? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to keep just trucking along and not even mention that he's a different person because that's exactly what they did in Harry in the Harry Potter series is they just replaced Dumbledore. I mean, granted, first Dumbledore died. Yeah, but why I am thinking about it is we have in the first movie Grindelwald disguised as Graves and then we see his apparent normal face. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore sees this face also in the mirror of Erised. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out in July of 2022. <laughs> like a year and a half from now, we'll figure it out. This would have just come out now. And now yep. we have to wait even longer. Overall, I think we are looking optimistically into the future for this role. And uh, I cannot wait to see what they're doing with that. And how he himself mm-hmm. um, is doing in that role. And maybe he will be even greater at it. And we will think... Depp who? (laughs) Someone else played this role before? Really? I can't remember him. (laughs) And then our last little bit of news, London's Natural History Museum is also hosting a Fantastic Beasts themed exhibit. And it's called Fantastic Beasts, the Wonder of Nature exhibit. And it's opening in London on Wednesday, December 9th after much postponement due to the coronavirus. And it explores the links between animals in the natural world, mythical creatures, and their fictional counterparts in the wizarding world. And it says it's going to have a astounding variety of over 120 exhibits, including the Dracorix Hogwartsia dinosaur, <laughs> which was named to celebrate Hogwarts along with the Nifflers and the Bowtruckles. Dracorix Hogwartsia. <laughs> So if you if you live in London or in the close vicinity, this is something that you could potentially do if you feel like it's safe and 
I know they on their website they said they have a lot of safety precautions in place. They required you to book your spot pretty far in advance and wear masks and everything like that. So definitely if you go there, let us know. I'd love to see pictures of this, honestly. Sounds real cool. This, I think, was the exhibition that me, Jennifer and Marjolaine actually wanted to meet up in London for and wanted to go this year Mm -hmm. in September. I think it was supposed to open already earlier this year Mm -hmm. and we were having the idea to go on the 1st of September to King's Cross and then go to this exhibition as well. But unfortunately, traveling is really difficult right now. So did they mention how long this exhibition will be running? Maybe later next year it would be easier and better to go and then maybe. But let's see what happens. It says it's open till August 2021. So you would have a decent amount of time to get down there if you wanted to. And if things uh, get a little better in the UK slash Europe. Maybe they are bringing out a book again about it because that's what they did with A History of Magic. They are. I already ordered it. Oh, they are. Okay, that's great, because that's also something I had no chance to go and see, but I got the book and I was very excited to read up about everything that they have in that exhibit. So that would be nice. Yeah, no, I well, obviously, because I live in the United States, I really didn't have too much of a chance to get over there for that Mm -hmm. exhibition. Yeah. So I, I too bought the book for that and I pre-ordered the book for this one. So yes, you can go and pre-order it. Okay. Moving on to our feedback section of this episode, and I gotta say before we start with that, this whole episode is going to be very much dedicated to you guys listening and our friends. There will be a lot from you in this episode next to our main discussion, so look forward to hearing from people several times also. (laughs) For example, starting with our dear friend André, who actually recently said to me that he was so happy to listening to the episode last week, having his name mentioned several times. (laughs) This keeps happening. So people, please be encouraged to write to us so you can hear your name for change Multiple times. (laughs) We will repeat your name. So as promised in the last episode, we didn't really have time to have feedback from episode 17. So we will quickly pick up on that. And that feedback comes from the Robocon live that we had. And it was all about the Hufflepuff color discussion. Andre wrote in response to this, the representativeness of the four houses with the four basic elements, fire, water, earth and air, has its synergies and its conflicts. Hufflepuff would be the earth and Slytherin would be water. They together form fertility. Gryffindor would be fire and Ravenclaw air. They harmonize well because to some extent air is fuel for fire. But the coolest thing is that the earth can live with all the other elements while water and fire cannot be together. Water and air compete for the same physical space. Yellow represents joy, light, warmth, positivity and optimism. In Heraldica, it is usually gold. In addition to representing the nobility, it also symbolizes charity. Black certainly has its negative connotations, such as mourning, fear, etc. But in heraldry, it has very interesting characteristics, such as prudence, human care, modesty and discretion. In addition, black is known to be insulating, protective, 
So much that the electrical tape is black. Yeah, valid point. And some ceremonial clothes use black to isolate bad energies, etc. Which makes perfect sense with Helga, as she wanted to protect the wizards from all the demands of the other founders. I believe she wanted to protect them from segregation and judgment. Also, it has the color link to the elements. Gold, yellow, comes from the earth, just like coal, black. They are elements of the ground, just like our common room. And if you want to push this symbolo symbology a little further, the gold that is the Hufflepuff yellow already presents our wealth, our values, and the coal, the black, put under extreme pressure becomes a diamond. Therefore, the Hufflepuffs are endowed with a natural wealth that are their values, but they are also capable of achieving success and priceless magnitudes when put under pressure and if someone pressures them to work harder and harder, which we are not afraid of. Wow, I feel so fancy. I feel like a diamond right now. I'm just like... <laughs> yes, go off, Andre. Tell us how wonderful we are. I really like this a lot. The part of the elements here that he is describing... Yeah, I, I don't even know how to respond to that any further. No, I feel I like mean... <laughs> he did a pretty comprehensive job of breaking everything down. And pretty much we are gold and diamonds. <laughs> But you know, these kinds of messages and theories are exactly why we constantly have feedback from Andre in our feedback section, because it's just so he good. He always blows my mind on his feedback, too, because exactly. I'm like, I would have never thought yes. of that, but this is all so valid. Yeah. So... Thank you so much, Andre. And we're going to mention you a thousand times more later. So Stay tuned. <laughs> I hope we make you happy. <laughs> okay. We also have some feedback from episode 18, which was our discussion about Professor Sprout with our guest host and friend, Allie. And we had a bunch of messages that praised Allie for doing such a good job and saying that they loved it. And Allie did such a great appearance on the show. And the tangents are not to be missed. Wonderful episode. And they laughed a lot. <laughs> Huzzah! Great job, Ellie. <laughs> yes, Ellie. Let's applaud for Ellie. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. Yeah, and we, we love having Ellie around just as a friend and on the show. So. Oh, and just on a note for those who are on Patreon, I still have an extended conversation and bloopers together with uh, Ellie from our last episode. So stay tuned for that. It's coming when this episode comes out. It's probably already on Patreon. So you can look forward to that. Oh, and it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. You do not know what you are in for, my friend. So strap in, buckle up and sit down. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, we have a Sumpy Drak from Andre. Oh, boy. Oh, What a surprise. We missed him. <laughs> And he said, I love Allie's interpretation about her wand's flexibility or fidelity about Sprout's wand. The willow wand makes a lot of sense, but I'm not sure of the whomping willow wood could be used to make wands. One assumption I have for the teacher's wand would be that of chestnut. For a wand, for those who with an aptitude for herbology and the core, in my opinion, would be unicorn. A quote from Ollivander. Chestnut and unicorn wands. For this combination shows a predilection for those concerned with all manners of justice. I mean, that makes sense mm -hmm. that it could be a chestnut yeah. unicorn wand. Uh, yeah, we were. I was also wondering in the episode that 
if it would even be possible to make uh, or use the wood of the Whomping Willow because it's an enchanted tree, if mm-hmm. that would even be possible to be used. But I see that Andre has also doubts and he's a wand maker, so... Sorry, Ali, we trust him. <laughs> even though I really like the idea of that. But Chestnut, yes, that sounds that sounds great too. Yeah, I, I just wonder about the Whomping Willow wand too because you said, you just mentioned that it's enchanted and generally speaking, I feel like there's only one enchanted element of a wand. I would imagine that to be the core. And if you have two enchanted elements, the wood and the core, one of which is kind of a testy, uh, maybe not yeah. the most easy to work with element, I have a feeling that that might kind of backfire on the user of the wand in the end. Mm-hmm. You think it would overpower the unicorn core if that would be it? Because I think we all sort of agreed on that would probably most likely the core for her. Or it would be something very unique that is on the level of Fleur having a Vila hair in hers, you mm-hmm. know? That's something very unusual would be the core. I feel like you'd be dealing with a wand that's constantly going through internal conflict Mm -hmm. between the wood and the core. And so you would probably not really be able to use the wand that well unless you got both of those elements to agree with each other, which I have a feeling knowing the Whomping Willow would not be too often of a time. Mm -hmm. True. So, and then we have our Hagrid Hutt's results of episode 18. And the correct answer that Ellie and Juliana unfortunately could not get to was the streeler. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, well. And correct answers came from Jeffrey and Real Fishy. Sarah was struggling. I was talking with her the other day and she was struggling with coming up with the word Mm -hmm. just like Ellie was. It was on the tip of her tongue, but it just couldn't come out. But uh, she will probably also, when she listens to this, think that, ah, of course it was this trailer. (laughs) Okay. Also, we had two new Apple podcast reviews. So thank you to those people who left us those reviews. We're going to read them in just a second. And if you would like to leave us a review, please do so. It really helps us to get out into the community and gives us some feedback as to what you think we are and aren't doing well. And if you do send us a review, also send us a DM on Instagram or an email, and I will send you a sticker. And there will possibly be something else in there because that's what Juliana does. Yeah, I'm I'm very bad at just sending (laughs) one item. Even if we promise you like one item, I usually end up sending like three. So if you leave us a review, just get your mailbox ready for something to come to you. Our first review actually comes from my little sister, Katie, and she said, this is a great podcast with great hosts, and I can't wait for my sticker. Katie's after that sticker. And I was just feeling, so did you pressure her into writing a review for our podcast? I actually didn't. She's, she told me, she's like, I, I did the review for your podcast. I was like, oh, really? Wow. Okay. Oh, so she did it by herself. Okay, nice. I was very impressed. Okay, so she's listening to our podcast? No, I don't know. I don't think she's listening. I think she was just like, that's my sister. So I give her five ah, stars. Okay. I like her well, sometimes. Either way, either way, Katie, thank you very much. That is very nice of you. Yes. And then we had one more five star review, and that comes from Spencer. And he wrote one of the most positive podcasts out there. First off, I've got to thank the amazing hosts, Melanie and Juliana. Ooh, for me? providing good yes you oh. 
You caught me off guard. For providing good and genuinely positive content daily. Their very apparent Hufflepuff natures combined with hilarious accents, incredible guests and fun segments. This podcast is more than just a Harry Potter podcast. It will definitely put a smile on your face from jump. It is the ultimate Hufflepuff podcast and it shows with hosts that have maintained an overseas friendship. Keep up the great work, ladies, and I'm excited to see what's in store. Well, thank you, Spencer. That's really, really nice. Yes. We love Spencer a lot. He's one of our our friends that we've made since we started the pod. You can find him on Instagram. I believe his handle is OM... OM Muggle Class. He has a blog that he writes with a lot of really great and informative articles, and he's always posting fun comments on... Sorry, posts on Instagram and that are very interactive and he's looking for people's feedback and also shout out to him because he got married yesterday yes i was about to mention that too on the day of recording he has gotten married yesterday so yeah happy happy Yay. congratulations yes <laughs> and i know him and his lovely wife will be i believe they said they were going somewhere in arizona for their honeymoon so i hope that they enjoy the nice weather down there and yeah. you guys have a lovely time Congratulations! Yay! Woohoo! We will dive into our main discussion topic. And this week we are talking about Thanksgiving in the Wizarding World, aka the US holiday, where we give thanks. When this episode comes out, Thanksgiving will be tomorrow. So happy Thanksgiving to anyone who lives in the United States. Perfect timing. Yes. So we thought we would give a general overview of what Thanksgiving is, if there is a counterpart in the UK, and then Mel has some insight in Finland as well. So first off, what is Thanksgiving? It is, quote, an annual national holiday in the United States and Canada, celebrating the harvest and other blessings of the past year. And most Americans generally believe that their Thanksgiving is modeled after the 1621 harvest feast shared by English colonists, a.k.a. the Pilgrims of Plymouth, which is only 40 minutes from where I live, and the Wampanoag people, which is a Native American tribe that was here before the Pilgrims mm -hmm. showed up. There's quite a lot of like legend and symbolism around this holiday and people tend to make it a lot fluffier and um, like mm. romanticized than it. <laughs> I highly assume it was. <laughs> so pretty much the pilgrims and the Native American people got together and they had some kind of feast because at that point in history, they were getting along in some capacity, which is good. The pilgrims were behaving themselves for five minutes. <laughs> Traditionally, the fare of a Thanksgiving meal includes turkey, bread, stuffing, potatoes, cranberries, and pumpkin pie. Hooray! Which are all things that are actually pretty native to Massachusetts, and that's where the first quote-unquote Thanksgiving happened. The meal is generally the main focal point of the whole holiday, getting together and having this big meal with your family. And also traveling. This holiday is most years, not as much this year because of coronavirus, but it's usually one of the busiest times of the entire year and traveling is truly a nightmare of a mess. <laughs> if you're going to fly anywhere on Thanksgiving, like you have to show up for your flight like five, six hours early and the airports are packed and your price for your tickets is ridiculous. Is it worse than Christmas? Oh, yeah. 
Because every not everyone really? goes yeah not everyone goes home for Christmas. Well, see the thing is too is that in the United States this is a non-religious holiday, so pretty much everyone celebrates it. Whereas with Christmas okay. you have people who are of different religions who don't celebrate Christmas, and it's not as quite as widespread as Thanksgiving. Even though with all the fanfare at Christmas, that seems to be the favorite holiday between the two. Plus, I think people feel like a big surge of guilt when it comes to Thanksgiving. They're like, I'm supposed to be with my family. And so Mm -hmm. they all just pay like $700, $800 flight each way to like go see their family. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It's bananas. Yeah, it's just pretty much a day where we give thanks for things that we have. And pretty much you just shove your face full of food. (laughs) And that's pretty much the gist of Thanksgiving in the U.S., Obviously, Hogwarts is in Europe and in the UK, somewhere in in Scotland. Yeah, I was gonna say somewhere in the Scottish Highlands. We wanted to see if there was a similar holiday in the UK, and they have one that is called Harvest Festival, which is held a little bit earlier than Thanksgiving is. So Harvest Festival is held at the full moon that occurs closest to the autumnum equinox, which is often between the 21st and 23rd of September. And it normally falls towards the end of September or early October. And it's really the closest thing that they have to the Thanksgiving. But like I said, it's not really celebrated too widely. And it's not like one of the big holidays that the UK celebrates. I think that is everywhere, sort of. We don't have like a fully dedicated big holiday like you have in mm. as Thanksgiving. But there have been a lot of these harvest festivals around and everyone has their sort of traditions on. Many of them are similar, you know, you have bonfires, etc. And you have a big feast to eat at. But nowadays, people aren't really aware of it anymore. They're not really celebrating it too much anymore. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to know how it is in Finland. Yes. And I had to really think about that because I was not aware that there would be any holiday for that. And uh, I asked my friend Iluna and she sent me an article and I've been taking a couple of notes and I will try to make them a bit shorter. So in this article, there was something called Kekri. And I am not going to be able to pronounce that properly because I, for the life of me, can't roll the R like the Finns do. So it's Kekri for me. Kekri. 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 <laughs> Kekri is an old annual Finnish society fashioned harvest festival celebrated in the fall. Originally, the celebration of Kekri was not tied to a permanent calendar date, um, but instead it was determined by the ongoing year's agriculture autumn activities. By the early 1800s, its date stabilized at the All Saints Day, which is in the beginning of November. So this would have been now two weeks ago when recording. Mm -hmm. So when this comes out, roughly three and a half weeks ago. So happy Kekri! (laughs) Belated. (laughs) Happy late Kekri! So historically, Kekri was a god that protected cattle. The term has also been used in reference to leprechauns, fairies, and scarecrows. The remembrance of the dead is a similarity between the traditional celebrations of Kekri and Halloween. So in the Finnic tradition of the past, each family invited their dead to their Kekri feasts. 
in the second day of Kekri, especially in the old times, people visited family and friends dressed up as various types of Kekri characters. And you can see pictures of that online where they are having masks on and horns. Oh my. Traditionally, the end of the harvest season in Kekri has been celebrated with abundant feasts which often have included lamp roasts as one of the courses served. So here we have similarity to Thanksgiving. There is big feasts with a lot of food. So instead of a turkey, you're having a lamp roast. Yeah. Um, various kinds of magic, spells and beliefs and myth too have also been an important part of old Kakri traditions, as well as bonfires, especially in certain parts of Finland. Again, that is something you can see in many countries. In Germany, we also have bonfires around that time to celebrate the harvest. Yeah, see, that's not really a thing here. Yeah. I mean, people have like fires in their backyards and stuff, mm -hmm. but no one really... It's not usually part of an event to have a bonfire here. Some of the ancient Kekri traditions have remained in eastern Finland. Today, Kekri is celebrated annually in the eastern Finnish city of Kajani by the burning of the so-called Kekri goat, in Finnish called Kekripukki. Kekripukki. <laughs> uh, Kekri is celebrated also in other parts of Finland, for instance, in the southern Finnish island of Suomenlinna, which is like, let's say, around 200 kilometers from me. Um, it's a little island in Helsinki. Oh, okay. Where various events are prepared annually in honor of Kekri. So it, it sounds like pretty much there's some kind of like harvest related fall holiday for at least the countries that we mentioned. They all have yeah. some holiday. There are certain spots where they are still having such celebrations, bonfires and feasts. And people will gather mm -hmm. there and have it traditionally every year uh, and take part to it. But it's not as huge and vast as Thanksgiving is treated, as you already said, even bigger than Christmas in the US. Yeah, It's a much, much dimmed down kind of celebration, but it's still there. Yeah, interesting to see all the differences across the globe. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to talk about, too, is what would Thanksgiving look like in the wizarding world? Since Thanksgiving is an American thing, how would it be if these characters from Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts tried to put together a big dinner and a little celebration just for fun? Hmm. Now that we have, through Fantastic Beasts, also some American characters in Tina and Queenie and Jacob, of course, I think we would have a connection there mm -hmm. um, that these three would probably get together and Newt being part of the group would be celebrating with them. No matter where they are going to end up living, I think Tina is definitely moving over to the UK with Newt. So I mm -hmm. could imagine that they would possibly have that tradition there as well. Because, for example, me coming from Germany, living in Finland, we have certain small traditions, especially around Christmas, that they don't have here but I bring them into my home and I am still having them either way. So I could imagine Tina would do the same. But there was one question that came up when I talked with Sarah yesterday. She said, mm -hmm. wasn't it so that the pilgrims actually hated witches and wizards? Didn't they mm -hmm. actually burn them? Yeah, yeah, they did. So with that aspect in mind, do you think that the wizarding world itself would even want to celebrate Thanksgiving? Mm. Probably not, honestly, because wizarding wizards seem to be pretty petty. 
I would imagine that they would maybe have their own sort of tradition for the harvest festivals. Mm-hmm. Like what we have in other countries, as we just talked about, that they might have their own kind of traditions that they do. And it wouldn't be exactly based on the stories from Muggle Thanksgiving, you know, so leaving out all yeah. these witch burning, hateful people and maybe have a sort of harvest celebration of their own, perhaps. I feel like between Queenie, Jacob, Tina, and Newt, uh, when Thanksgiving rolled around, Jacob would be like, oh, yeah, we'd celebrate Thanksgiving. And he would just assume that they knew what that was. And they would probably all be like, what is that? And then Queenie would be insistent on celebrating it and making like a big feast. And then Tina would probably be like, I don't really want to come over. And Newt would be like, hello, I'm Newt. I'm oblivious to things. (laughs) And I feel like they'd end up having a Thanksgiving thing because Jacob was suggested and Queenie would want to do it for him and she would not take no for an answer from Tina and Yeah, You think that Tina would be at least aware of what they have been doing in the muggle world and that she would be reluctant to celebrate Thanksgiving instead of just the possible own celebration of harvests that they might have they do it in in addition to the celebration of harvest because i feel like queenie would be very apt to include jacob's traditional holidays Mm -hmm. in their celebrations yeah that's yeah that's what yeah tina would go begrudgingly because she loves queenie but would not be super on top of all of the background story that comes along with thanksgiving yeah so outside of the u.s the rest of the world Mm mm-hmm I would just assume it's maybe not much different than what it is for us muggles. Sorry for for mm-hmm. muggles. We are, of course, witches as well. <laughs> um, Duh. Either have these traditions or they don't, that it's nowadays maybe not so much celebrated anymore as it used to be. I was thinking... Has there ever been any mention about it in the stories? Because we have Halloween, yes. But even that is usually for us in Europe not that much. It it comes more and more to be present, in in, Mm -hmm. to be celebrated. But it's not really part of our culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they do celebrate Halloween in the books. Yes, they do. Yeah. But I cannot think of a Thanksgiving celebration or harvest celebration that they would ever mention that in the stories. I think, let's just imagine that they do have like a Thanksgiving harvest holiday in the Wizarding World that they've established. Mm-hmm. What do, how, who do we think would organize it? What do we think would happen? What kind of shenanigans would go down? What kind of food do we imagine there being? So we're talking about the timeline of now, right? Everyone being adults, having kids and so on. We can pick whatever timeline you want. Okay. Because I definitely, the first one that comes to mind and what we have also written down here immediately was Mrs. Weasley would be the one who would organize a big feast because she is the the mom of of everyone Mm -hmm. and she's just making sure everyone is fed. And definitely, and now that our characters are all grown up, I am pretty sure that everyone kind of tries to help in the kitchen and organize the food but molly is more like no 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 no, come on i can do this and then she's magicking her way through the kitchen and just makes everyone put plates on the on the table and everyone is anxiously waiting for the food so i think that would be probably how that goes i imagine they all come over to the weasley's house and Mm -hmm. fred and george are the cool uncles they're there. They've got like a bunch of like dung bombs in their pockets. They're ready to rock and roll. But Fred is not there anymore. This is it. Unless we go back in time. This of is a timeline that does not need to really be fact checked in any capacity. <laughs> this is my timeline. 
They're both there. Harry and Ginny are kind of like squabbling a little bit. And then Ron and Hermione show up and they're kind of fighting a little bit. And they all show up and they're like, hey, hi. And they put on that fake smile. And then they all kind of like settle in and they send the kids outside to play Quidditch. And Fred and George follow them, just goofing around with the kids. And then Crookshanks is there just trying to cause trouble with all the owls. And it's just a, a hot mess. And <laughs> as most Thanksgivings are, Molly has invited some of the professors over. We have Snape showing up. We have McGonagall showing up. I did not ask for turkey, Molly. I do not <laughs> eat turkey. I am a vegan now. And then Mel shows up and she's like, ah, I have a vegan too. I brought some tofurkey. <laughs> and Snape is like, oh, oh thank you. Okay, that sounds somehow like a miserable day. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then maybe they'll have, they all kind of settle in and they all start having fun. And they have a really big, nice meal. Fred and George do a fireworks show after. Oh, after. yeah. I think yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that I could see. Definitely, yes. It'd be like a feast like we have at Hogwarts, except everyone's guard is down and characters who we don't normally see interact and get to interact with each other. Like you and Snape, Mel. You guys get to interact mm. because Snape is apparently a vegan now. You know, as we talked about in... Oh, wait. We talked about it in last episode, but I had to cut it out. So at least most parts of it. But <laughs> that... When we talked about Snape, that we Hufflepuffs mostly have the ability to get along even with the with the worst characters, mm -hmm. <laughs> the most difficult characters. So yeah, I would definitely be like on good terms with with Snape. I think um, he would probably be reluctantly give in to being a little bit happier than he usually would be because I'm good in cheering people up. Hooray, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, you are. Isn't it wonderful? And oh, look, I yeah. brought food for you. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, because you know, everyone is just so excited about the turkey, but nah, you know, we are, we mm. are better than them. There you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so... We have also been asking our friends in the Buttercups tea room, our patrons, what they would think the dinner would look like. And Sophie wrote, Thanksgiving is a US thing, so Tina and Queenie invite Jacob, who feels like he is five again, and Newt, who never celebrated it, but gets pale when he sees the cooked bird. And uh, our friend Melanie, the Hufflenan, actually said, so do we think Newt is vegan? And I think we discussed this in several places mm -hmm. before and we have not a definite answer on that, but I keep imagining that he might be, or at least a vegetarian. Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be harder for him to be a vegan as a wizard just because there's a lot of potions, ingredients and other things. And I imagine... Well, I mean, he could be a vegan too. I was just imagining, I'm sure some of his animals eat other animals. So he probably has to kill animals for his animals. Yeah, but that's also what I answered to those two under the threat still, that being a vegan myself and having bunnies who are also vegan, that's very easy. But I'm also having a turtle and my turtle needs fish and he eats some shrimps every now and then. So it's a bit of a sticky situation, of course, but yeah. at the same time, I think we can make distinction enough that we say this animal needs this kind of diet. 
So I am definitely feeding fish and shrimps mm -hmm. to him. And Newt could be, despite being vegan, still prioritize the needs of his animals that he has. So yeah, it would probably be a bit uncomfortable to chop up the big hunks of mm -hmm. meat there that we see in the movie also. But the animals need it and that's priority. So that is a big discussion all over vegan yeah. pages. <laughs> How do you feel about feeding such things to your animals but if they need it they need it and there's no way around it and there's no way i would make my pet suffer mm. just because i am yeah vegan. makes sense so we had some feedback from ali as well she said queenie would most definitely cook the meal and would invite jacob over to help he would bake desserts and newt and tina would be watching mm. a one-sided conversation because queenie would just keep reading jacob's mind maybe newt and tina would play a card game while the cooking was happening yeah, I could definitely see that happen. <laughs> I wonder, The let's assume, I really hope that Queenie and Jacob both are going to live through yeah, me too. this whole story. Yep. I really hope so. But imagine them being married and having a family. How much of talking is there really going to happen? Because Queenie just constantly reads his mind. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he would get fed up at some point with her doing that. Because he might want to speak also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, we are. I, I guess we are basing this one on what we see in the movie. Where yeah. exactly that happens on the table. And Newt and Tina are watching this whole <laughs> so-called conversation <laughs> going on. A little bit awkward. Okay. And then we also got some feedback from our friend Jeff, who said, I'm picturing a lot of wizarding households where muggle-born and half-blood witches and wizards decide to use Thanksgiving as a way of getting the relatives together so they can get to know each other, but trying to keep the signs of magic under control so nobody gets suspicious. That might be difficult because of wizarding folks showing up in pilgrim costumes that they got out of books, floating puddings that they made themselves onto the table, and turkeys that have been dressed, which is to say the turkey is wearing little trousers and suspenders. Yeah, I hope he means turkeys that are alive walking around. I imagine so. I imagine they just like put a little outfit on a turkey and were like, look, we dressed the turkey. That's what Americans do, right? <laughs> I'm not a fan of dressing up animals because they're not dolls, but um, I, I hope that he still means living <laughs> turkeys being dressed up because that would be even weirder if they are cooked and boiled but wearing little trousers. I mean, it would definitely be a choice to do that. But I really love this interpretation that Jeff had because we see this in some of the books too where the wizarding community just reads about a muggle tradition and takes it exactly as yeah. it is in the text and they just kind of roll with it and they're very wrong. I think to remember there was at the big Quidditch match that they went to, the tournament, that there were, mm -hmm. were some cases where wizards try to look like muggles and one of them was wearing a night gown or something mm -hmm. so <laughs> yep trying to blend on in yeah i'm sure that some of those choices are really odd and doing exactly the opposite of what they try to achieve <laughs> so do you think does ilvermorny have a thanksgiving feast and what would that look like they probably do have some kind of Thanksgiving feast just because Ilvermorny is so close to Plymouth Rock. It's 44 miles or 75.5 kilometers for all you people out there. <laughs> so uh, it it's very close to that and also all the traditional pilgrim and colonial history mm. that is here in Massachusetts. 
I have a feeling that there would be some kind of festival that they would have. Whether or not it would be directly a Thanksgiving feast, I'm not 100% sure just because of the not yeah. great relationship between the pilgrims and the wizarding community. Also, because I believe in the Ilvermorny story, there's some kind of Native American history intertwined into it as well. I'm sure that the people of Ilvermorny would have even less of an inclination to celebrate the pilgrims. Mm -hmm. So they might have their own like celebration that happens on that day. Or earlier, because it seems to be like that it's happening in many places also earlier, already around September, between September and November. Because as far as I have been reading now about Harvest Fests, because that's yeah. when you are usually at it. I have a feeling some of that too is dependent on like when the initial time of Harvest was in these parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Plymouth Rock and Ilvermore are so close to each other, their harvest times would be the same time of year. And what do we think about food? What kind of dinner? Mm. What, what would we have on the table? I definitely... So, traditionally, we get turkey, potatoes, stuffing, squash, corn, cranberry sauce, things mm -hmm. like that. Probably just be traditionally English foods that we would see. So, along with the foods that we see in the Hogwarts feast. Maybe quite similar to the Halloween feast that they have. Yeah, maybe just like a little bit more hearty foods. Oh, I was just thinking that too. Like uh, big roasts uh, probably and pastries and, and pies mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought there would be a roasted phoenix, but Mel does yeah, not like the idea no, of that. I, uh, no, no, come on. I mean, hey. you can't roast a phoenix. You might be able to. What if he roasted himself and then you eat no. him and then you come back to life? What, what happens when you eat phoenix? Do you get to regenerate? Hmm, this is a question we have not had answers for. You know, there, there is a lot of questions coming towards that as well, because... A phoenix itself does burn and then it crumbles into ashes and it's reborn from that. What happens when a full-grown phoenix dies? Is it also immediately crumbling into ashes or do you actually have a physical body left? Oh yeah, good point. So I think it might actually be not even possible to have a body there to roast. And again, I feel like a phoenix is a sacred animal that if you would be trying to roast the phoenix and eat it, you should be put into prison. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yes. no, 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 no. That is just evil. No, no, no. People, please do not even think about that. That's just too awful. If, if you'd like some roasted phoenix, you're more than welcome to come to my Thanksgiving celebration. No. Oh my god. Plus they are rare. So you would endanger this species. I have a whole year to find one. I think I would be just but fine. That doesn't make it any better. <laughs> it's not about the... I'll, just, I'll burp it... up a few little mini babies when I'm done no, eating No, 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 no. It's not about finding the phoenix, but generally if you then finally find one and it's so hard to find them because they're so rare, you can't just go and kill and eat it. That just... No. But when talking to my friend Ilona about the Harvest Fests, she also said um, an idea about the food could be that she thinks Mrs. Weasley would probably cook a sort of soup 
and would fill it in a big pumpkin and keeping the little lid on to keep it warm. So, and after everyone has finished eating, the house elves would nibble away on the pumpkin <laughs> and finish that. So she was thinking of Dobby and Winky creature could be there and... Uh, that I thought was really cute. <laughs> mm. So one last thing that I thought was interesting, which doesn't happen, I believe, in the UK specifically, or probably in Finland, is the other main thing that happens after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. Yeah. Hooray. Everyone mm. starts their Christmas shopping. And our friend Jeff posed the question, since in the United States, these two uh, I'm going to call Black Friday a holiday for this context. Oh, my God. These, these I mean, like, honestly, it's it's such a to-do. Yeah, you guys are crazy over there. You go completely mental when Black Friday oh, it's comes insane. along. Yeah. The, I, can, I can guarantee you the whole world thinks it's crazy. I can guarantee you that most people in the United States think it's crazy. <laughs> and, I mean, luckily now it's mostly all gone to online shopping. Yeah. Which is actually a question that uh, Jeff asked. Do we think it would be harder or easier since they can't, wizards can't really shop online? Like, do they have their own form of online shopping? Do they send order? Like, and we know they send orders by owl, but that's not really quite as efficient as online shopping. Oh, but I have, I have a note to that because um, uh -huh. I think that very much depends on your household because... They say that in Hogwarts, you can't use these kinds of devices because there's just too mm. much magic. But if you're in your private home and you just have regular sized family uh, or you live alone or something and you use a computer, I think it should possibly work. Mm -hmm. Because there, there is not like an over dramatic amount of magic around that would disrupt the connections. So I think that could still be possible. I could see, especially wizards who are Muggleborn, or mm -hmm. yeah, they they have a computer at home and they are shopping, and yeah. online shopping. No matter how terrible the the postal service is right now, just because of the pandemic and because everyone is ordering everything online, probably would honestly be better than owls. I don't think owls have a great track record <laughs> at delivering things. Like one, no. not broken, and two, like in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. So. I have a feeling that a lot of, especially Muggleborn witches and wizards, would actually prefer online shopping as opposed to using owls to order things in the mail. But then again, they do really seem to like to go to Diagon Alley and mm -hmm. uh, get all their gifts and books and everything that they need. If you remember, the um, Flourish and Blots was really full mm -hmm. when Lockhart was there to sign books. So you could barely get through there. So they are not totally opposed to that, I think, on mm. on holidays to, to get through Diagon Alley and do their shopping. So we think they're going to all like rush floors and blots and just like, <laughs> boom, everyone, I must get to this book. I don't know. But I think that I can, I mean, when looking at, at Finland here, we are quite our own place, I would say. We are mm -hmm. not so much influenced by whatever happens in other countries. Um, but even here, very slowly, we are having more of these days where, similar to your Black Friday, that we have these, what mm -hmm. we call Hullupaivat, which is like okay. the crazy days uh -huh. where you can buy also things like 
three for two and so on, you know, or three for one. So they do have those sales days as well. And people like to go and get stuff. But it's still definitely far away from the craziness that you have over there. So you really yeah. like to take... I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you, you like to take it overboard. We take our shopping very seriously here yeah. in the United States. Yeah, and I, I also thought that I would I love all the ads that that Mina Lima does for the Harry Potter series, and I would just love to see their Black Friday layout. Mm. I think it would be awesome. Now and... I have to think of all the flyers and advertisements they did for um, for the Weasley shop. Yeah, I, I imagine they are really fun and very colorful. And yeah, I feel like it would yeah. be really awesome to see their work on that. So I definitely. Would absolutely love to. If Mina Lima, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> sure maybe you want to make a, a Black Friday Wizarding World ad. That would be really cool. Okay, thanks. Bye. Love you. <laughs> so I guess uh, that pretty much rounds out our conversation on Thanksgiving itself. And just to like finish that up, Thanksgiving, on the whole, is just such a holiday that is perfect for puffs. Our values just feed right into it so well. There's fellowship, friendship, hard work to prepare for celebration, and expressing gratitude for those things and people that make our lives worth it. So we definitely, as a house, are very much uh, a big proponent of all the values that come with all these harvest festivals and Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Just being thankful for the people in our lives and the things that we have. Which segues into our next section, which is Buttercup's question. Buttercup asked everyone what they are thankful for. We will get to some of the wonderful responses that you listeners sent to us. But first, Mel and I wanted to speak about what we are thankful for. And I guess I will hand it off to Mel first because she has something that she wrote that she would like to read. Yes, I have been writing something down because I don't want to forget anything. So what I am thankful for this year, 2020 has been full of worry for family and friends all over the world. Their health, all our jobs, dealing with this pandemic, missing friends and family, not being able to celebrate the big and happy events that were planned. I even became for the first time an aunt a couple of months ago and was not yet able to see my very sweet newborn nephew. Funnily enough, though, social distancing has kept me home and physically kept me mostly away from others, but it has also brought new people into my life in its own way, and for those I am the most thankful for this year. It all began with Juliana and me starting PuffCast. That in itself is already one of my biggest highlights of the year. And we have met so many new faces that we had great conversation with and found a platform where we can just be mostly unapologetically be our silly selves. (laughs) And with that said, I want to give out a couple of special shout outs. And the first ones will go to Andre and Jeffrey. You two are my newest friends. And we haven't had that much time together yet. But, and it's a big but, in this short amount of time, both of you probably unknowingly 
have brought so immensely much joy into my life. Just by being your wonderful selves. Your positivity, your kindness, your passion for Harry Potter, the pancake parties, which should be a monthly thing, by the way. I think Juliana agrees. Mm. <laughs> and the thoughtfulness of making me such a great present, handcrafting me my very own wand, Andre, which looks fabulous. All of that has helped me a lot. Then Ali, Eve, Marjolaine, Sophie and Jennifer, who are my favorite girls of Speak Beastie. I keep this very short for you guys, but you are truly the bestest, always there to support and you have so much love to give. And I am so happy and so lucky to have you. And lastly, Juliana. You're going to make me cry now, Mel. <laughs> yes. Especially this year, we have made such a close connection. I can't even find the right words to express how grateful I am for you and how lucky I am to be able to call you one of my bestest friends. I feel like we have gone through so much together this year and it's been a hundred years. And I am sometimes asking myself, was there a time before <laughs> where you weren't in my life? Because it truly feels like you have always been there and I love you very much. The past three months have been especially hard for me going through a burnout. But all of you truly have made my days brighter with every single message you sent, every Skype call, every bit of mail I have gotten from you. So thank you all very much. I love you. Mm. <laughs> and now Juliana is in tears and me too. <laughs> that was so nice. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know how I'm supposed to follow that. <laughs> Love you, Mel. Love you, too. It is funny, though, too. Like, I have that same thought in my head. Like, was there a time when I wasn't friends with Mel? It really... I mean, it's been definitely over a year now that we know each other. Mm -hmm. And beginning of this year, we started our podcast. That hasn't been a full year yet, but no. it definitely feels like we have been... We have known each other for a lifetime. That's why I'm why I'm saying it feels like a hundred years at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because I can't remember who it was, but they also asked me how long we had known each other before we started Puffcast. Because they're like, "Oh yeah, you two must have been friends for years before you started." I was like, "No, not really. No, no, we definitely weren't." <laughs> I have to say also that through this podcast. We really cared for everyone in the group before mm -hmm. already. But having this podcast with you is what actually brought us so close together. Exactly. And honestly, I can't even tell you anymore how often we have incidents where <laughs> we are exactly the same person having the same ha things are happening to us. Like just yesterday, again, Juliana's phone broke and later in the evening, my computer broke. I mean, these things keep happening <laughs> constantly. It's the same thing over and over. Our therapists even have the same name now. <laughs> yeah. And we did not plan that. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, we have definitely a special connection here. And I would not want to miss that for anything. It's the bot magnets. I know it's the bot magnets. Yeah, That's what it does is. It. it all comes back to those. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I don't even know how I'm going to follow this because I didn't even write anything. <laughs> Like specific, I was just going to speak. I will speak from my heart. 
I, I mean, you said like most of the things that I was going to say too. <laughs> um, I guess I, I agree with everything that Mel has said. And to me, it's just mind boggling and mind blowing that we've only started this podcast under a year ago because it has brought so much joy and like love and positivity and friendship into my life. I mean, I'm someone who I want to say it was about two years ago now was the first time I was ever on a podcast and I was on Beyond the Veil. So go check out Beyond the Veil if Madison is absolutely Mm. lovely. And pretty much I talked about how lonely I was. And I just remember being like, yeah, I'm pretty lonely. I like no one really ever hits me up on my phone. Like the only time I would get like maybe like one text or two texts a day from my mom. Fast forward to where we are right now. My phone is currently constantly blowing up. I come back to my phone and our common room correspondence girl says like 500 missed notifications, not that many, but like 120. (laughs) And I'm like, how am I going to read 120 messages? And that's not the only notification on my phone either. No, but only with that chat window, it really feels like you're gone for like five minutes and you have a thousand messages already. (laughs) And you girls love because you're on the other side of the globe you love to have a conversation when i'm driving to work so between like eight and nine you guys at my time you guys seem to like blow it up and then between like yeah, it's the afternoon for us so yeah like five yeah. and six when you're all heading to bed you all blow it up again and i get back and i'm like <laughs> there's so many messages the fun of time zones yeah. <laughs> but pretty much i just gained so much from the wizarding world fandom on the whole and just being part of this podcast being part of the common room correspondence just it's brought so much joy and wonderfulness and fire engine sirens behind me into my (laughs) (laughs) into my life and i mean specifically like mel said andre and specifically for me Andre has very similar GI issues to what I do. And just having an ally who's not only a Hufflepuff and a Harry Potter fan and who is part of our podcast community and friend group also know what it's like to go through a lot of the things and provide me some advice is truly just invaluable. And I'm sure, Mel, you feel this way, too, about like health issues sometimes. like You feel very alone mm-hmm. when it comes to dealing with health issues a lot of the time, especially if you have one that's not super common. Definitely having Andre as my friend and my ally and all of that has been absolutely wonderful. And his wand, which hopefully will be showing up to me tomorrow in the mail, yay, Yay. that he made for me. (laughs) And the story that he wrote about the wand made me cry. And honestly, it's the second best gift I've ever received in my life. First only to the birthday greeting that you made me for my birthday, (laughs) Mel, which made me cry so hard. Yeah. I think that was just appropriate that we all give you our love because you deserve it. Yeah. And I I really appreciate that. And also just all the people that we've met along the way. So we have all of our guests like Sarah and Paula, all of our other friends and just, just the whole community that we've just acquired over the last year. It's mind blowing to me that I didn't know like any of these people on the 1st of January last year. And now they're just such an integral part of my life at this point. 
and I can't imagine them not being there. And they just bring so much to our lives. Like everyone from even the people who we only interact with once in a while, or even our friend like Real Fishy, who we don't know her real name. Um, <laughs> Very true. We are always happy to see your comments. So that goes out to all of you. That is the general idea of this also, to say thank you to all of you, because... Mm -hmm. We might not have named every single person of you, but you are all very important to us and we appreciate you beyond yeah what i can even put into words so we are so happy to have you around so and like each little thing that all of you do i know when we got our first email with feedback from someone i like went over to mel i was like we got our first email feedback we're a legit <laughs> podcast now i was so excited Honestly, we are celebrating everything that happens. <laughs> we just, uh, when Melanie has been now signing up to be a patron, Juliana was freaking out. I was freaking out. We're like, oh my God, we have a new patron. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So we are happy about everything that comes our way. <laughs> I mean, our first review that we got, we were talking about that for weeks. Yeah. But yeah, so I really, I, I love and appreciate every single person who has come into our life as a result of this podcast. And also just shout out to the Common Room Correspondents ladies, Marjolaine, Jen, and Sophie, and Allie. And now we have Ev. Mm -hmm. It just keeps growing and growing. And it's just such a nice very awesome supportive group of ladies and it's just so nice to know that there's always someone who's got your back i can't be thankful enough for that and the fact that that brought me and mel together so i mm -hmm. I, I can't be thankful more thankful for that either other than that i i just want to give a shout out to my one of my other best friends kim so I'm really thankful for her. She's someone, too, who has been like a really big support in my life the last two-ish years that we've known each other. And just love you a lot, Kim. I'm so thankful for you and everything that you do for me. Also, shout out to my therapist, Anne. Shout out to <laughs> Anne. Because, you know, she's pretty high up there on that list. And also just shout out to running because you know your girl, Juliana, runs to deal with stress. And it's been a stressful year, so... Also to my doggy and to Mel's little panda. And I'm going to say this wrong. Shorshi. Shorshi? No, that was perfect. Oh, okay. And Dobby. So mm. thank you to our pets too. Uh, lastly, but not leastly in any capacity. Thank you, Mel. I mean, like, honestly, like, I, I don't even know how to top what you said. You're, you've become one of my best friends. And I'm just imagining now what my life would look like without you in it. And it seems very sad. And I don't want that. Just the fact that we have this connection that, like you said, seems to mirror one another. And we seem to have some weird connection that neither of us can fully explain. But it seems to put <laughs> no. us in the same exact uh, line of uh, trajectory of how our lives are going to go. And... <laughs> Honestly, it's such a treat to do this podcast with you. You know, like every time I listen back to one of our episodes, I, one, think I'm very funny. And two, <laughs> I always think I'm the funniest person. And two, I'm always just so, my heart just feels like it's glowing out of my chest because I'm like, this is me and my friend talking to each other. 
And I have, we have such a fabulous friendship and I just feel so honored to be your friend and you're just an amazing editor too. So there's also that when I'm listening to the act of the podcast, it just warms my heart and makes me glow from the inside out to know that like you and I are best friends and we have this connection. It's just nice. I, I literally don't know what my life would look like without you because as you know when we started puffcast i was coming off of a not great experience with another podcast so that could have very easily gone very downhill for me from mm-hmm. there but it seems yeah. to have gone into this bright shiny space of of yellow and black and <laughs> and lots of pizza <laughs> and lots of the pizza we said no, I honestly, I don't even have words for how much you mean to me, Mel. And just, I mean, the fact that we can even like yesterday, we're on Skype for like three hours. And that's like a short session for us. Yeah, I we had much longer. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging out, me decorating my tree, us chatting. I was about to say there is no one I'd rather see decorating their tree with aerial ornaments. <laughs> And telling me this is number 25, this is number 35. <laughs> Keeping a tally as we go. I love you. I love I you. I think too. that's really it. That's what it boils okay. down to. I think, I, yeah, okay. We, now we're going to start crying again. <laughs> what I just want to add still to it is that I hope that, and I think people do see that we have this connection, that it plays a positive part in this podcast mm-hmm. and that it makes it even more special to listen to and to actually make it because we have this great connection and we care so much for each other even though we are so so far away from each other yeah and it's still i think we are a great example that a friendship can definitely become something so big and so important in your life with someone that you have never met in person that you only talk through a screen and a camera to and write with online it works and it's really worth it i agree okay maybe it's time that we move on to our listeners thankful notes because we got a couple of those too and the very first one was a very cute one that came from twitter and it was posted by meg scott and she writes i am thankful for pancakes the color turquoise my harmonizing family bodies of water creme brulee my inimitable significant other, snails, I love snails too, friends all over the world, in quotation marks, In Bed the Kiss by Henry de Toulouse-Lutres. She's also thankful for the moon, having a home, cat toes, and little free libraries. Aww. This comment is so wholesome. Mm. I love it. Thank you, Meg. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're thankful for you, Meg. We're thankful for everyone who sent in their stuff to us. So we'll just thank you all individually as we go along. We also got a comment from Instagram from Margaret, who is at Margaret Long Slumber on Instagram. And she said, I'm thankful for health and family that even though we are apart, we are all healthy and able to talk to each other. And that's something that we're thankful for, too. And we're thankful for you, Margaret. Geek Girl on Wheels wrote, Being in a lockdown with someone I get along with and friends that send pictures of cool things to keep me from going stir crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can absolutely relate to that because (laughs) that's what we do all day long with our correspondence group of girls, Mm -hmm. sending each other cool things and funny stuff to laugh. 
You got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then we have Andre, our friend who has been mentioned multiple times already. You're welcome. Yes. Oh, boy. We don't say thank you to you, Andre. We say you're welcome because we are doing you the service here. (laughs) (laughs) So Andre said, despite having been a troubled year, 2020 has brought many achievements in my life. I am especially grateful for the new friendships that this year has provided me, such as your wonderful friendships. It's funny to think that we only met this year. We think so too, Andre, because I feel that I am a longtime friend of yours. Agreed. Be well. I wish you to continue this wonderful work and may you be very successful. I look forward to making my next appearance with love, Andre. And we we look forward to having you back on, Andre, because as you know, we love to talk about wands lore on this Mm -hmm. podcast and your theories just blow our minds every time. So we are more than happy to have you on in 2021. And then we have one last one from Jeffrey. He writes... Of all the things I am grateful for this year, the thing I am picking to say thanks for is my wonderful community of podcast friends. Podcasts have been my happy place for such a long time, because it's nice to know that so many people out there want to talk about the same things I do. Over the past year, I have been fortunate to become a social media correspondent for Speak Beastly, a host for Speak Beastly. I am adding that. <laughs> he is. And a regular contributor to some of my favorite shows. It has made me feel so much more connected to the best friends I could ask for during a time when many of us had to keep our distance in order to remain safe and healthy. Don't tell the others, but I love your show most especially. Ooh. That's so cute. I know. <laughs> Thank you for your hard work and creating something positive and fun to look forward to. Well, we love you too, Jeff. And (laughs) me, Mel, and Jeff have started our pancake hangouts, which maybe we could actually make that into like a Patreon bonus thing, you know? Like, oh, like a monthly pancake hangout. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Ideas. (laughs) But for now, it's something that we love to do with our friend Jeff. And we're thankful for you too, Jeff. And we're more than, more than, more than happy to have you as part of our podcast community too, because you contribute so much. So wrapping up on that, Juliana had the idea to play a little game with me that I am not all aware of how that works and what exactly happens and I will just let her do her thing and I'll just go along with it. So yes, go ahead. (laughs) So what we are going to do is play a Thanksgiving themed game of Mad Libs. So Mel has never played Mad Libs before, which blew my mind because this is something in the US that we do from like a very young age. And essentially what happens is I'm going to ask her for certain words, like an adjective, a noun, a verb, things like that. And I will write them down and then I will insert them into a story that I will read. And she has no idea what this story is. And she's just giving me random words and it could. Oh, so this could this could potentially be completely nonsense. <laughs> Usually it is, and that's what makes it the most fun. It's like, so feel free to choose okay. like bananas, bonkers words. It does not matter. I'm just going to ask you for the words, and then you will give them to me in the order that I oh. ask. All right. So first, I need an adjective. Let's go with something simple, maybe beautiful. Okay. And then I need a person in the room. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Okay, I then need a noun. Pizza leftovers. Cauldrons. 
Azkaban prison. And then I need a part of the body. Oh, pinky toe? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> there are no rules here besides getting the grammatical <laughs> things correct. Okay. And then I need a plural noun. Mandrakes. I need a type of liquid. Mm, Felix Felicis? Sure. I should also say that this is a Thanksgiving-themed one that is not magical-based. So you are more than welcome to not... I am making it magical. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you don't have to pick magical words. Okay. Okay. And then I need another part of the body. The left elbow. A noun. Bus driver. Uh, cheesy? Let's take a flower shop and a park bench lawyers and then i need a number how many are there <laughs> there's only two more there's a number i need a number and then i need a noun and then we're done 55 teacup okay so this story is entitled what i am thankful for <clears throat> this thanksgiving i am thankful for the beautiful things in my life even though I complain about how Dumbledore is always getting on my nerves and how my pizza leftovers homework is boring or how I hate cleaning my cauldrons, I have a roof <laughs> over my pinky toe and I always have enough mandrakes to eat oh, and no! enough no! Felix Felicius to drink. I have a good left elbow on my shoulders and I am healthy as a bus driver. <laughs> My cheesy family loves me even when I act like a devil flower shop. And my friends have my best park bench at heart. <laughs> yep, I've got all the lawyers I need. And now I can eat a 55-course Thanksgiving meal too. What more could a teacup ask for? <laughs> oh my god, this is so weird. <laughs> I don't need mandrakes, no. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one who... You you gave me the nouns. That's how it worked. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. That was that was a good story. We are very thankful for all of you, and we also are very thankful for having Buttercup around. And she is having a challenge for you this week. My dear listeners. Today, I would like to ask you to hold still for a moment. Think about what you are thankful for and share your happy thoughts with those that you love the most. We here at PuffCast are so thankful for you and appreciate all the support you have given us this year. Happy Thanksgiving! Thank you, Buttercup, for that lovely challenge for this week. And if any of you would like to find us here at PuffCast, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. And we just added another platform, which I believe is called Acast. So you can now find us there as well. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PuffCast. You can email us at PuffCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also support us over on Patreon to get exclusive benefits like bloopers, access to our exclusive Facebook group, Buttercup's Tea Room, stickers, and so much more. 
We also are donating $1 to charity for each patron we have each month. When this comes out, we will be deciding on what charity we'll be donating to for the month of December. And for the month of November, we donated to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation because, you know, your girl here, Juliana, has actually used a lot of their resources and they're very lovely. And it's Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Month. So we thought that that was timely and also relevant we thank all of our patrons for their donations, and we love you all very much. If you would also like to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, we'd very highly appreciate it. And as you already heard higher up in the episode, we will read your reviews here, and we will send you probably more than one sticker. So, <laughs> And other items. <laughs> and other miscellaneous items. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll send a spoon in the mail next time. Yeah, whatever Juliana has on her desk lying around while she writing, is writing a little letter for for you <laughs> yep so hit us up if you do leave us a rating or review and we so we can get your mailing address so we can send you some goodies in the mail and until next time stay puffy and badger on